This is the Ski Saloon Bar Podcast, where we skip the shots and go right to the conversations. All right, lace up your shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's have some adult conversations together. So by now, you probably already know that this is the Walk With Me series, walk number four. If you're just joining, I want to encourage you to go back to at least the Walk With Me series number one or you're welcome to start at the episode number one of this podcast. Either way, let's get started. Now today I want to talk with you about our stories. The stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that are so ingrained that we don't even realize it, and the stories that are on a constant loop in our minds. These stories are dictating everything you have in life. I know they were for me. And as I mentioned, I'm on a personal growth journey, and my current guide is Jim Fortin. Now, I've hired Jim to be my coach, and I had mentioned that in previous episodes, so if you want to learn more about that, you're welcome to go back to at least Walk With Me series, walk number one. Yeah, so I have coaches for a lot of things, as you do too, probably, and you don't even realize it, like a CPA to coach me on how to be most tax savvy, a coach to help me map out my business goals, a coach aka my doctor, to guide me on taking good care of my physical body, you get the gist. So I think it's really important to surround myself with people who are far smarter than I am in certain areas so that they can guide me so that I can be the most strategic I can. So in the previous episodes, I explained what I've been working on regarding how we show up for one thing is how we show up for everything and the concept of be, do, have. So today, I'd like to dive into our stories. Now, our stories really do dictate all that we have or do not have in life. The stories that we cling to guide our decisions and our responses and seriously are drilled down at like a subconscious cellular level that I don't even want to get into on this episode, but we can totally go there another day. Our stories completely go hand in hand with our identity, if you think about it. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a moment, but I have this sign I want to tell you about. So I have this sign outside my office door, and I seriously read it multiple times a day. So the sign says, what will your story be when it's nothing more than a story? And I wrote this, it's on like a chalkboard, like A-frame to give you an idea. And I wrote this in huge letters on Wednesday, July 11th, 2018. This was the day after an explosion literally shifted my life trajectory. And at the time, when I was writing it, I wrote it as a reminder that this, like everything else in our lives, would be just another chapter in my book, and that I had the power to be strong enough to dictate how the story played out. Well, the crazy thing is, is as that chapter um, is finally now coming to an end, I would say, in my life, I'm able to finally look back with clarity and perspective. But if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time and heard other episodes, you probably know that in the middle of the chapter, I genuinely genuinely questioned if this book would even make it any farther than this chapter or if it would just like end abruptly at any page. It was really rough. I was sad. I was overwhelmed. I was navigating trauma and I didn't even know it. I bet there's a lot of you listening that can probably relate in some way or another. 
And as my story unfolded, there was heartache and there was love and there was anger and growth and transformation and all this stuff all like jumbled together. And even though those words on that sign, I would see them every day and I chose that to write that out, I wanted that to remind me each day that I got to choose my story. And even though I saw that and I would hear it, I didn't fully grasp what it meant at that time or how powerful that statement could even be. But I feel like I do now, which is pretty cool. And I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about it. You know, we each host a slew of stories. I know I've been doing a lot of work to understand all the stories in my head. Unfortunately, for quite a while, I had a lot of negative stories and storytelling in my head. It was just loop and loop and loop of like inadequacy, like just me sucking, me judging myself, like all this crap. And stories truly are who we are at an identity level and who we believe ourselves to be. So that was pretty hard for me to realize how um, worthless I viewed myself, which was eye-opening. And I, I, for anyone out there who can relate, I feel for you. So these stories that we have at an identity level are the stories of hardships maybe that we harbor from childhood or stories that we're going through now. And maybe we even don't even realize what some of the stories are that were like on constant loops in our mind or that we're embracing and embodying so much that we don't even realize it's a story. Now, have so I'm a big fan of like Aristotle. I learned about Aristotle when I was in college and have been a drinker of the Kool-Aid since. And Aristotle has this quote and he's saying, give me a child until they're seven and I will show you the man. Now you can obviously, I mean, that was olden day time. So you can apply this to a female too. So give me a child until they're seven and I'll shift it and I'll say, and I will show you the adult. Well, What Aristotle was insinuating is that kids really do embrace their stories of who they are at an identity level by the age of seven. And an example of this would be, we currently have fourth generations of people living on welfare. Where do you think they get that story from? Probably the generation before them, right? That is incredible. It's incredible to me that we absorb and learn so much at such a young age, and it really does impact the stories of our life and the trajectory that we're going on, if we let it. Now, you know, when I first learned this, I don't know about you, but as a mom, that like kicked me into like a hyperdrive of wanting to be sure that I was imprinting upon my kids what I thought would serve them best throughout their lives. And I like scrambled and scrambled and scrambled. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this, this, and this. And then I realized I don't really want to like camp out there right now. I can talk about that later. But what I realized is I get that and that's super important. But just as we're going to talk about in this episode it's more important to put on your own oxygen mask first before you try to help others. So as much as I want to like, you know, rewrite some of the stories that I'm sure are being imprinted on my kids, I recognize that I need to take care of myself and I need to put on my own oxygen mask first. And quite frankly, I've been doing this for a little bit now and I've seen that my choices are literally like being absorbed by them and are rewriting their stories and what they're being imprinted on at a young age because they're learning from watching me. 
little eyes, right? They're like always watching. It's crazy. So that's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And it kind of makes me feel like, okay, I can take care of myself and my children at the same time. But anyways, getting back to the classwork that I wanted to tell you about. So Jim asked me to like really dig deep and reflect on my childhood and see what stories I was hanging on to. And, you know, not only what stories I was hanging on to, but this one was interesting. He asked, what are the rewards that you're receiving from holding on to these stories? <laughs> and honestly, I didn't realize this, but he's right. I mean, oftentimes I'm holding on to these rewards that I would, I mean, don't think of a reward as just like a good thing, but you know, there's some sort of like consequence or reward for every story that you hold on to. So stories that I was holding on to are examples like I never quite felt felt like I fit in or I'd found like the people that I could relate to. And you know, it's interesting when I was first going through all of this work, I'm like, yeah, when I was little and younger and high school, I just didn't feel like I ever fit in or found people that I could really relate to. And then as I thought about it more, I'm like, oh gosh, that's not just like a kid thing. That was like most of my life, I always felt like I was just a little different or just couldn't really relate or, you know, really craved that depth um, in connections. Or another story for me growing up from my childhood that I, I assumed I had was if you want to own your own business, um, work doesn't end at five o'clock. Nope. You stay up like all night working. And in fact, if you are an entrepreneur, you don't have the luxury of having any kind of social life or and doing anything that really is fun unless you like carve it into these like family vacations and things like that um, because it just doesn't mesh with being an entrepreneur. And that's like, you know, drilled into me from a, a childhood level. Like my parents would work until all hours of the night. I remember most nights they were working until at least midnight. And we had this little intercom system in our house, like back in the old days before there was like cell phones. So there was this intercom that we would have to push to get a hold of my parents um, in their like shop area. If, you know, we had gone to bed and woke up and we were like, where's our parents? Oh yeah, they're still working. So anyways, I have a lot more stories, but you get the picture, right? Like we have these stories from when we're a kid and then we typically will hold on to them as we become adults. So I would like to ask you what, because you know that's what's coming, right? Like we're on a walk together. We're going to totally engage. So what do you think your stories are? What do you think your stories are about money? How about maybe your stories of how you think you should parent? Or maybe how, um, or the stories that maybe are dictating what you believe a relationship to be. So many of us harbor stories, not even realizing how they're impacting us. I don't know if I'd even say many, if not all. And I have stories like, my kids should be so involved in all of these things that we run from one thing to the next with like zero time to relax. Didn't even know that that was so ingrained into me until it was almost comical because I seriously didn't know what to do with myself oftentimes if we didn't have something to do. Like if we had unscheduled time on a, a Saturday afternoon, I was like, I was going crazy. I was literally like about to bang my head on a wall like, oh my gosh, we need to rush to something. And Tony would be like, April, we can just have like free choice time. And I'm like, whoa, what is that? Um, and I had stories like I need to bust my butt and work crazy hours to build my business, which obviously, you know, that came from something that was really 
like a youth story, but that also I, I had the stories that that should come before self care or any kind of hobbies or forming any kind of like meaningful relationships. Can you see how crazy this all sounds? <laughs> ooh, ooh, here, hold on. I have a good one for you. So this one actually is one that I've been working on a lot lately. Um, and this one's been a couple years now that I've been working on this, but it's definitely deep, deeply rooted for me. So even though I know a lot about a lot of stuff, and if you know me, you probably have heard me nerd out about some random topic at, you know, like a family function or a gathering of some sort, um, or even on these podcasts, but I know a lot of stuff about a lot of things um, instead of just, you know, being focused on like one area. So I know a lot about like starting a business or estate planning or personal finances. I know a lot, lot, almost to the point where like, I mean, I went to school for this of like goal setting and project management. I know a ton about real estate and how to invest. Um, I know about marketing and this is even crazy, but I know a lot about body piercing, fun fact for you. And seriously, I could keep going on, but even though I know a lot about all these different topics or a certain topic. And even though people flock to me often for guidance on these, I often struggle receiving any kind of compensation for it. Or even worse, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I I know it's crazy, but um, I'm not sure why I said that. But it's I, I really struggle charging what I should for my time and expertise. And I actually have a couple of people in my world who are struggling with this too. So it makes me even more empowered to like make sure that I'm compensating them because I know that they're struggling with this too. And I'm like, I can see it now that I'm recognizing my own stories. And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, you are incredible at your skill set, and I want to compensate you for your time and your work. So I tend to, you know, just leave <laughs> envelopes of cash on their doorstep sometimes without them looking. Um, but anyways, that's a side note. So instead, my stories, when I'm doing this, it, I mean, my stories tell me that charging my going rate, which, you know, I have a going rate, I do charge typically, but I don't, I, I've hesitated, as you can tell, I'm kind of clunking or fumbling through this part of telling you this, but you know, charging my going rate has felt like in the past, it was my story that if I did that, I would be an asshole. Like I would be, that's like such a jerk move to like charge somebody when a fellow parent at drop off is asking me how to start and set up their first business. And, you know, we're just standing in the parking lot talking, right? Like, should I be charging for that? Well, if that's what I do for my job, don't don't I think I should be? But I have the story in my head that that's not a cool thing to do. Or, you know, I'd be sitting at a kid's sporting event and a parent sitting next to me would be like, hey, you teach personal finance classes, right? Cool. Can you help me like stru structure this? Or what do you think about this? And ironically, I... I I don't blink an eye when I'm charged for services from other people or if I receive any kind of help, but holy crap, do I have some deeply rooted stories about my worthiness and about appropriateness for charging people. And so that's something that I'm working through. And if anybody can really relate, like, welcome to the, the team, man. We can work on that one together. Um, but let's circle back that enough about me. But so... Here's an example. So the stories that we tell ourselves are what really become our reality. And that's what I've been learning in my class. And if I tell myself that I'm a shitty parent, for example, who like, I don't know, can't keep my house clean and doesn't know how to cook, uh, because honestly, 
those were that was a very very real story that I was telling myself for a really long time. I'm a shitty parent. I can't keep my house clean, and I don't know how to cook. And guess what? That really felt like my reality, and it was a living fucking hell. Don't worry, I will for sure put on this episode that it is explicit language, apparently. Um, but anyways, if I change my story to, hey, you know what? I'm an incredible parent, and I really value time with my family, and I really, really value being present and you know, processing things and making sure that I'm experiencing life with my family over a tidy home because, you know, like... I mean, we all hear this, like, you'll miss these moments when they're years from now, when they're all grown up and out of the house, and now it's a quiet house, and you just have a nice clean house. Well, guess what? That's my reality now. Like, ta-da, I just embrace that. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes my house is going to be messy, and I'm going to be stepping over Legos. It's cool, as long as I don't step on them, right? (laughs) Anyways, so Jim reminds, keeps reminding me in this um, class that 100% of our thoughts are a story. And that I can choose any story that I want. Pretty cool, right? And once you grasp that, you get to rewrite your stories. So in my class, they had us actually write out our old stories and then write out our new ones. So if you want to do this when you get done with our walk today and you want to go home and grab a pen and give it a whirl, go for it. You'd first want to, you know, really unpack what stories you're holding on to. And and I challenge you to really think about this as you go about your day. Pay attention to what stories you're holding on to. You know, after that, you can really start to pay attention to how you rewrite those stories. Your stories can be as simple as how you perceive the person who cut you off in traffic or as elaborate as a vision board of your entire future. And we'll dive into like big picture vision work coming up. But for now, consider noticing how your stories throughout your day affect your actions, decisions, and way of responding. And this is something that's going to take practice, but it really will be a game changer as those day-to-day stories are rewritten. Like It's almost like the chapters of your life will be filled in with more depth and intentionality. I think that's pretty cool. So I challenge you to consider what are your stories, my dear friend? All right. Thanks for walking with me today. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast and joining me on this new series, the Walk With Me series. I encourage you as you're listening to these to, again, lace up your shoes, grab your dog or the stroller, pop in some head uh, headphones, and just join me. So you're getting some movement. We're talking about some stuff. And hopefully I'm spreading good karma and brightening your day as well as inspiring you. Now, if you're loving this podcast, I would really, really appreciate hearing that. That helps me to know that I'm doing things that are helpful to you. But it also helps to change the algorithm so that more people can find this podcast and enjoy it. As well as I have a request for you. If you love it and you want to go for walks with friends as well, share this with a couple friends that you think might enjoy it and feel inspired. I would really appreciate that. All right. I will see you on the next podcast. Go out and make it a good day. Cheers to good karma. Hey, you've been listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Tony Hadzinski and the Ski Team Realtors. Did you know that you know an average of four people going through a real estate transaction this year? That means you and your four friends are either buying or selling or both a residential or commercial property. Real estate transactions can be complicated and stressful, and if not done with care, they can cost you a lot of money. 
A great realtor is an advocate for you. There's someone who's service-focused and who will represent you and walk with you on the buying and selling journey. Trust me, I've been on both sides of the transaction. And if you don't have a realtor who's detail-focused, who truly listens to you and is committed to making sure that you have a phenomenal experience, it may cost you thousands of dollars and a whole lot of stress. When you and your four friends are beginning to consider buying or selling, I'd like to encourage you to give Tony at Ski Team Realtors a call or visit SkiTeamRealtors.com. That's S-K-I Team Realtors.com. I'm confident that you'll be grateful to have a professional who is committed to working with you and for you. And as a side note, Ski Team Realtors is growing. If you or someone you know is ready to be part of a vibrant team who's service-focused with a growth mindset, then check out SkiTeamRealtors.com. It's all about the right fit, and we would be honored to explore adding you to the Ski Team.